Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, March the 16th. And first today, now you see it, now you don't. A Banksy on the side of a building in Herne Bay has been destroyed just hours after it appeared. It showed a boy and a cat in the window of a 500-year-old farmhouse in Broomfield. The mystery artist confirmed on his Instagram the work, called Morning is Broken, was genuine, but posted another picture showing the building had already been knocked down. Demolition teams working on the site, which has been earmarked for housing, didn't realise it was the real thing. Well, now a Banksy expert is hoping to restore the piece and put it on display. John Brandler has been speaking to Abby Hook from our colleagues at KMTV. I find it horrific. I find it very sad that a council granted permission to tear down a 500-year-old building. Nothing they're giving permission for today is going to last 50 years, let alone 500 years. The fact that Banksy put a piece on it should have warned somebody that this is a historic building. But in the, the only thing I can say is that this is a piece I'd love to restore. We can, we can restore this. This isn't a major disaster. One of the construction workers um, had said that they were gutted that this had happened and they said they had no idea it was a Banksy. So clearly they weren't under the impression that this was an artwork. But can I ask you, how much do you reckon this could have been worth or could be worth now? Is What does it look like? I don't know, is the honest answer. Uh, the, it depends how much is salvageable, how much would have to be restored and how much would be the original. Um, you know, have they thrown the sheet metal away? Have they shown thrown all, all the segments away? Have they kept some of the bricks? We need some of the bricks, really, to, to emphasise where it came from. Um, so the value is very difficult to work out because the restoration is obviously going to be very expensive. But the, the piece itself is wonderful. I'd love to have it in my collection. What I'd love to do is restore it. We've got a, a big show starting in t- three museums in the summer. And when those three are over, I'd love to lend it to Dover Museum to display it's not so big that it can't, you know, you need 17 cranes to move it. So I would love to restore it and lend it to, to, to a couple of museums to display it. It's called Morning is Broken. Now, do you think this could perhaps be on purpose? Did he perhaps yes. know it was going to be demolished? In fact, um, the picture shows Morning is Broken in the sort of depiction of him opening the um, curtains. But then it's then been demolished, hence broken. Is this on purpose? Of course it's on purpose. He 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 is a he likes to highlight public injustices, public um, awareness, and this is he you know he understood that this is a building site. They're going to put some new houses on, and it the history is being broken, and that's what he's created. He's created a piece. He's named it using that word broken, and within twenty four hours, it's broken. Why is Banksy targeting Kent in particular? Is it a hotspot? Could he perhaps live here? It's, it's a question of where Banksy's from, who he is. What do you think? Well, we know he's from the West Country, so that's not a problem. But why he's doing it now and why he's doing it in Kent, I don't know. But the, he's, he's done it on, on this particular building because he understood that the people want to keep their history in England and the council want to build new houses and the two should be compatible. And you restore Banksy pieces. You were speaking about that earlier. That's what you'd look to do. So 
would it even be possible to restore it? Will you be able to find the, the bricks and put them back together? What, what would be the next step? We'd be, yes, we, what, what you'd do is we'd get the two sheets of metal, we'd get the, the surface that it was painted on, we'd get some of the surrounding bricks to make it into the original picture frame. Uh, we would then mount it on a back material, backing material, so it doesn't fall apart. Um, as I say, we've got three big shows with 250 to 300 pieces of street art in Bury St Edmunds and the National Horse Racing Museum in Newmarket, starting in June, going on till the end of September. So we'd either use it in that and Dover or just into Dover and we'd put it into the museum and people can see it. Parts of the new piece have been saved from a skip. You can head to Kent Online today to see pictures of them. Kent Online News. Other top stories and a man described as a miracle by his family after surviving eight heart attacks has died following a crash as he travelled to hospital for treatment. 56-year-old Terry Burrell from Grain was being taken by ambulance for dialysis at Medway Maritime when the collision happened. The the patient transport service have expressed their condolences and say they're cooperating with a police investigation. Our thoughts are very much with Terry's family. A burglar's been jailed after breaking into the home of a police officer near Maidstone. Lee Cuthbert targeted Brook Cottage in Sutton Valence last August but was confronted by the off-duty officer. The 35-year-old from the harbour's now been locked up for three years. A dispersal orders in force in Ashford following several reports of antisocial behaviour. Police have the power to move people out of the town centre if they're causing trouble and they could be arrested if they return. Earlier this week, a woman was arrested on suspicion of attacking two police officers and another woman on the high street. Now, as promised in yesterday's podcast, we've got reaction today to announcements made in yesterday's budget. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt revealed several measures to try and get more people back into work. And the main one was the promise of more free childcare for children aged nine months until they start school. It'll be fully rolled out by 2025 and ratios in nurseries are being relaxed so fewer staff are needed to look after children. Lewis Steeper from Ashford has been campaigning against that since his son Oliver died following a choking incident at a nursery in the town. And Lewis has been speaking to the podcast. I don't understand how the government have this vision that taking a staff member out of a room would somehow pass costs saving onto parents you know we spoke to numerous nurseries hundreds in fact over the past two years during our campaign to stop these changes and not a single one of them said that they would implement this change even if it went ahead you know it poses a massive safeguarding risk on children and puts them you know at, at significant risk we need eyes on children from nine months onwards to two years. I just wish that the government would come and spend a day in a nursery and I see how these people who work in settings actually deal with these children. They're underpaid, they're overworked, and you know they've been abandoned by the government for years, and now we get four billion pounds to cover free childcare hours which isn't free whatsoever it's it sounds good and the parents you know think oh free 30 hours childcare yes they get the free 30 hours childcare but the nursery has to pay the deficit because the government is not fully funding the places and i don't understand how 
nurseries should be left to def with a deficit that they themselves have got to find when the majority of nurseries are looking at closing nurseries because they're already financially burdened with what they have now because of the lack of funding over the past numerous years. I don't think it's physically practical for nurseries to open in mass numbers. Staff have been underpaid, overworked and abandoned by the government for many years now. And anyone looking to come into the sector just looks at the wages and says, no, I can earn more money elsewhere. And, you know, the, the retention rate in the early years sector is nothing short of shocking. And that is solely the government's fault because it has been abandoned in funding for years and years and years. And unfortunately, this four billion pounds they're putting in to the pot is not going to make a single difference because nurseries still have to find the deficit to top up those places. And unfortunately, I think the figures released yesterday, there was almost 5,000 settings that have shut just this year, uh, sorry, last year alone. Absolutely, we're going to continue the fight. Yesterday, we both committed ourselves and we said, you know, up there to Oliver, that we would continue the fight. We made the government cancel the plans or shelve the plans once and we can do it again it isn't safe it's going to have a massive impact on children's health and well-being and education and put them at significant risk when they should be actually cared for whilst in the trusted care of a nursery. The Chancellor also announced that duty on draft drinks in pubs will be up to 11p lower than in supermarkets. I've been getting reaction to that and the budget in general from Craig Knight, who's the operations manager at Thorley Taverns, which is based in Thanet. We were, we were hoping for some assistance, um, you know, temporary reduction in VAT, um, a bit of a look at the uh, business rates uh, system, the multiplier, how it's, how it's worked out. Um, and also um, the big one is uh, assistance with uh, with energy costs, and uh, I don't think any of them were uh, were touched upon, unfortunately, for uh, for um, for our industry uh, particularly. But I think for business in general, it was all uh, it was all domestic. The flip side of that, obviously, is that the um, the government are look they've kept kept the cap on for uh, for domestic uh, properties for for energy, um, and you know the the reform on childcare and the assistance of getting uh, over 50s back into work should help with Labour. And hopefully, if it can bring inflation down, then we can, uh, disposable income will then hopefully go back up and uh, people will uh, return uh, return to um, coming, coming out more regularly. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a, underwhelmed is probably the, the best way of, uh, of, of explaining it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think everyone was was listening out for the energy um, announcement, obviously, that had kind of already been leaked, hadn't it, that it was going to help domestic um, bills for a, for a bit longer. Um, but how much of a strain is that still putting on, on you as an industry at the moment? Um, a huge strain. Um, originally back in October when the uh, when the energy crisis started, our, our energy costs as a business went up 400%. Um, and obviously turnover hasn't gone up uh, to, to, to match. Um, so it becomes increasingly tougher and tougher. And yes, they're, they're, um, we are we are looking at uh, renewing our, our contracts and uh, it's uh, it's not as much, but it's still considerably more than it, than it used to be. And it's, it's absolutely crippling with, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, disposable income. If that reduces, obviously the customers spend less, costs are going 
sky high. We've got national minimum wage coming up. That's going up around about 10% as well, 1st of April. So our costs are, are escalating and uh, we need the assistance. We, we do need the assistance. You mentioned there there was an awful lot encouraging more people to get back into work. Um, what's your, your staffing looking like at the moment? I mean, would some of those measures help you, do you think, going forward? Well, hopefully so. I mean, I mean our, our core of our staff remains uh, remains stable, remain, remains the same. Um, however, it's the it's the seasonal seasonal staff, the 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 skilled uh, the skilled roles, chefs, kitchens, um, really hard to recruit, really really hard to recruit, and it's uh, it's challenging. It really is challenging, and and hopefully the measures they put in place will uh, will help to to ease that. But I don't think it's going to have a a drastic immediate impact and uh, and solve the issue. Of course, he did mention beer and the fact that it would be cheaper in pubs than in the supermarkets, which I know has always been a bit of an issue. What did you make to that announcement? I think it was a bit misleading, to be honest, because we yes, the duty escalator has uh, has been frozen, it's extended till August, which we already knew from uh, prior to Christmas. Um, however, what they they didn't say is that duty has still gone up on draft beer. Um, and it's gone up quite in, quite an incredible level on uh, on and everything else. However, the uh, the eleven p is it should be eleven p cheaper than the supermarket, but we're, we're, of course we're reliant on whether the suppliers actually pass that on to us. Um, they may absorb it themselves. Um, I had a, I've already had a couple of people saying you know when are we reducing our prices, but that's uh, that's not the case. It's a bit mis- misleading because it's still going up, but it does give a a, a small bit of assistance against supermarkets that have obviously taken quite a bit of the uh, a bit, bit of that kind of trade. So, and you mentioned about disposable income. Everyone has been checking their bank accounts and seeing how much they've got at the end of the week or at the end of the month. And and obviously, a, a trip to a pub was was perhaps something people did regularly and something they've had to cut back on in recent times. I'm sure with the better weather, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming soon, you're you're really going to be hoping that people are going to come down to Thanet and, yeah. and pop in for a drink, whereas maybe they they have popped down to Thanet but thought, oh, no, I'll, I'll leave it today because I, I can't afford it. Are you hoping to see a real real change in the next few months? Yeah, hopefully so. I, I mean, I, I, my quote yesterday was where people are coming out less. They're, they're spending a little more on one occasion than they used to spend every time they came out, but because they're coming out less, the overall picture is that that turnover is is challenging. Um, again, the flip side of that is that uh, um, with staycations and, and and a lot more people actually coming down to the coast, um, as you said yourself, we're so, we're solely reliant on the weather. If if the weather's good and people come down to the coast, then uh, then yeah, we can we can benefit and, and hopefully um, the uh, the easing on. Uh, um, inflation and energy costs on the domestic side of things will uh, will encourage people to come out a bit more often again. So fingers crossed. Meantime, brewery bosses have put an historic pub in Deal up for sale less than a year after new tenants took over. Matthew and Martin Brett took over the Saracens head last year, but say the cost of living crisis and lack of community support meant they could not make a profit. Shepherd Neem are now selling up. It's on the market for £425,000. Finally, on the budget, it was confirmed fuel duty will be frozen until March next year. Kate has been speaking to Howard Cox from Cranbrook, who set up the fair Fuel UK campaign. Overall, I'm very pleased. I've been campaigning uh, for for recent months with various backbench MPs and led by Pretty Patel, 
and Craig McKinley and Jonathan Gullis, and they've been working tirelessly in Westminster in the Treasury to make sure we got that freeze. And, um, you know, something like 8,000 of my supporters actually wrote to uh, their MP calling for them to support the freeze. And uh, we have a, something like 60 or 70 backbench MPs that actually fought for getting a freezing duty and many of them wanting to go further than having a big cut. So yes, in answer to your question, um, it was a Prosecco moment rather than the Bollinger moment, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And what does it mean to, I mean, they, there's a lot of talk of numbers and things like that, but for the average household, what does this mean? Well, if you remember rightly, last year's autumn statement, um, Jeremy Hunt did even mention fuel duty, but about a few hours later, the OBR came up with a statement that in their forecast, they were going to put a 23% increase in fuel duty, which means uh, 12p per litre. And with VAT on top of that, that horrible insidious double taxation um, would make it about 15p per litre, which for the average family, that would be about an extra eight to nine pounds filling up at the, at the pumps each time they fill up. Um, so we've managed to revert that, uh, scuppered that. And, you know, we've been campaigning now since 2010. And in that time, we've had a freezing fuel duty from our campaigning efforts. And now we've received, you know, 6p cut, the 1p back in March 2011 by George Osborne and 5p last year by Rishi Sunak when he was Chancellor in his March budget. And yesterday uh, we got uh, Jeremy Hunt to confirm that that 5p staying cut and we're not going to put any escalating increase based on inflation. So, yes, it's an incredible uh, result for us, but we must remember that we're still one of the highest tax motorists in the world. Well, you can let us know what you thought of the budget today by commenting on our socials. You can also read more reaction by heading to the website. Kent Online reports. Some teachers in Kent are out on strike for a second day. Members of the National Education Union are walking out in a dispute over pay and conditions. It means some schools in the county are closed with pupils learning from home instead. And there won't be as many trains running in Kent today either because of strike action. South East and say just 52 of their 180 stations will be open as members of the RMT union walk out in a dispute over pay. Services will be starting later and finishing earlier in the day. There'll be some disruption tomorrow and then more strike action on Saturday. And lecturers in Kent are also back out on strike. It's affecting classes at Canterbury Christchurch, the Uni of Kent and Uni of Greenwich in Medway. Members of the University and College Union are actually walking out for three days in total this week and next. A Chatham Bar that featured in a bid for the area to win City of Culture status faces a licence review after complaints about noise. Lounge 44 on the High Street opened in October 2020 and can welcome customers until two in the morning on Fridays and Saturdays. The owners say they've done everything they can to minimise disruption. It's been revealed the wrong patient was given a biopsy at a hospital in East Kent. It's one of a number of so-called never events recorded by the Trust over nine months last year. Now, there are incidents that could lead to serious injury or death and are wholly preventable. Twelve happened in Kent and Medway between last April and December. We could be able to travel to France from Ramsgate in future. Bosses in Thanet have started work to get the port there up and running again after a decade out of action. They're looking for an operator and have set aside almost £10 million for improvement works. Now, ex-service women in Kent say they feel forgotten after serving their country. It comes as the RBLI have announced that they're going to be adding more accommodation to their centenary village in Aylesford, including a female-only 
housing block. A review is currently being done on ex-service women's needs and more changes are expected to be made. We've been speaking to Vicky McLennan, who's a female veteran and says they can be often overlooked. Well, I was really well supported by my partner's parents. They, you know, we moved in there and they live in a village not far from here. That's hence why I drove past and saw the poppy and then came in and inquired, filled out a form and then we got one of the bungalows. We moved into a bungalow a few weeks later, really. Um, and it was... And how much support do you think you've received here? Do you think that um, sometimes um, females who've served in the army maybe possibly don't receive the support they should or um, people like yourself who've been medically discharged are not receiving um, enough support maybe? I think the problem with the female veterans is maybe they're a bit overlooked because people's um, perception of a veteran is um, no offence to the, the guys that you know been there done what I've done but old men you know that's the in 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 out in the local communities when s- someone says veteran they mm. think old and they think of a man and that's where it's not no you know that's just where it needs to change, doesn't it? It needs to be like, oh, a veteran is anyone and everyone that's served, really. That's right. And so I, and no I guess, matter what sex or... I guess the ministers were saying as well, it is about that sort of inclusion. Um, yeah. What do you think more, more needs to be done in that case? Um, so the what they're planning here for a female uh, facility for females only is fantastic because, you know, you, you've, you've got that support there and it shows that there is somewhere that, that they can go. Because sometimes you go into a veteran uh, coffee morning or something and you're the only female there. You can be mm-hmm. at times. But if they know that there's something there, they've just, it, the word gets out, then, you know, they know that there's a good community place for them. Kent Online reports. There are warnings plans to develop a plot of land between Ashford and Canterbury could pose a serious biohazard. Thruxted Mill was used as a site to cull livestock infected with mad cow disease back in the early 90s. But researchers from the University of Kent say the soil, water and vegetation could still be contaminated. Ashford Council have previously given planning permission for 20 homes to be built on the site. Shops in Folkestone are joining the Ask for Angelus scheme which offers a safe space for anyone feeling anxious or worried about their safety. Retailers in Bouverie Square who are taking part will have a sticker in the window. It's hoped it'll give people somewhere to go when they're at their most vulnerable. A 10-year conservation project to protect a Victorian lighthouse on the Kent coast has finally been completed. South Foreland near Dover was the first in the world to display an electric light. Thanks to restoration work by the National Trust, visitors will now be able to use the inner catwalk and speaking tubes which were used by keepers to communicate with their cottages. And finally today, a painting by famous artist David Hockney has been rediscovered right here in Kent. You can follow us on socials or head to the website today to see pictures of the piece which featured in an episode of Antiques Roadshow that was filmed near Faversham. It's been valued by experts at a whopping £30,000. So that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. And today, don't forget, if you're on the site, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. We'll be back with the podcast tomorrow. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.